It's the holiday season here on the Lollygaggers podcast, which means it's time to decorate the old festivist pole and air some grievances. I'll go first. I hate my podcast partner. That's it. That's all I got. In this episode, Justin finishes up Titans on DC Universe while Jeff finds a dreamy new comic to read in Tremordos. Both lollygaggers then break down HBO's adaptation of Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials. Welcome to episode number 74 of the Lollygaggers Podcast, a show about all sorts of different things, from comics, games, movies, TV. I am one, your host, Jeff. I'm the other one, Justin. How's it going, buddy? Uh, it's going all right, man. I was just saying I finished up my rewatch of The Last Jedi getting ready for Friday. Uh, I got my ticket. Are you going do you on Thursday night for the new Star Wars movie? Or are you good? I think we're going to do Monday because I have all next week wow. off. And the whole weekend. I don't want to have too crowded of a theater. I want to kind of mm-hmm. have a nice spot. So I think a Monday morning matinee with sure. the lady. Sure. Sounds like a good morning, Monday morning to me, you know? We're going Friday morning uh, pretty early. And then, because I think my wife's got to work afterwards, and then i got to record the other podcast tomorrow night. But yeah, I, I rewatched Last Jedi because I hadn't watched it in a while since it first came out uh, out of the theaters. I think I, I think it was my third time watching it. And as I was saying to you, it was like, it's actually, I'm starting to like it more and more each time I watch it. Uh, like, there are certain things that still bug me about it, but overall, like, I'm actually pretty keen on it at this point. Uh, and it helps that I'm starting to really appreciate Ryan Johnson because uh, we just did Knives Out last episode and just kind of watching out him. There's just there's things about it that I think are great. But then there's like other things that are I got qualms with. Right. So it's it's if I'm starting to forgive it for like the things that I don't like about it and just focus on the positive. Uh, so you're opening up your heart to the I last am. Jedi. I am. Uh, I'm a little I'm actually nervous about about this last one i haven't watched any trailers like whenever a trailer comes on i just start like humming i just watched the first one that's all i ever do i didn't even do that anytime a trailer comes on tv i close my eyes and i start humming like duel of the fates like like over and over again that's all i'm doing like whenever it's on and i just do that for a really long time sometimes my wife doesn't tell me when the trailer stops so i just keep going and going and going for like 10 minutes straight uh, it gets really, really tiring so exactly so anyway what have you been doing on um, you know, it's last week's school. Kids are doing their finals. Been trying to work on the whole mixer thing. Uh, been like, like networking. Yeah, no, I've been, I'm really good with the spirits and the fine wines. Cool, I make a lot of cocktails uh, lately too. But, uh, I've been trying to like network, you know, it's the hardest thing for me to do. Like I, I go on the streams and I talk to them and try and get to know them and try and make some friends. I'm trying to make internet friends, uh-huh. Jeffrey. And it's, uh. Uh-huh. It's difficult because people don't like me. It's interesting. Um, um, I don't think that's the, you know, the, the reason. It's just, you know, it's just weird. I don't, I've never done this before, really, because I streamed before. And I kind of, kind of half-assed it. Now I'm trying to really push Good. and do as much as I can, and it's just strange. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's a nice community. I like Mixer's community. There's a lot less people. Mm-hmm. So you don't have like sure. seventy thousand people to compete with. Yeah, and then uh, on top of that the people there seem to be a lot more supportive of one another. It's a lot more cutthroat over at Twitch, it seems. 
that's what I've gotten out of the time I've spent there so far. So yeah, probably yeah. for now. I mean, like Mixer's the new kid on the block, right? And so, like over time, as it develops a community, I'm sure it'll go to the shit shithole that uh, that most internet communities go to. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a Tumblr versus, or it's like 4chan versus Tumblr, or versus like Reddit. Right. Know, I know people are like, oh, Reddit's way better than than 4chan. Like, sure, but I mean, like, there's still parts of Reddit that are just awful. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's still plenty of people on. I don't know. I think it's all about who you find. Like, you're gonna find good people. Like whether you're on Mixer or Twitch. Yeah, I've been exploring like small streams and that's cool. Trying to do it that way. Hey man, like if you find, you know, when you find like your subject matter, like your content, like I've been doing so much of these RPG things lately and like that's sort of what I've been focusing on. And so I'm looking at a lot of RPG actual play content streams and stuff and I've gotten in with a couple people. So like I'm definitely, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like you find, you find your, your crew, your crowd, and it helps not just like your material, but like go on and host another streams, et cetera. So it's definitely yeah. worth doing. So, but anyways, other than that, yeah, uh, let's talk about what I want to talk about. Okay, uh, I, uh, um, I've almost finished up the second season of Titans on okay. uh, DC Universe, and so the first season kind of just established who the characters were. It's the kind of like the tagline character is Raven, um, and she's basically the daughter of a demon, and she has these weird dark abilities that gives her the power to kind of like manipulate or mind control or like you know she's she's like bored she's got lots and lots of powers right sure um but then like the main character is like dick grayson who's robin he's uh basically estranged from batman they had a falling out um and this season you know you, you also have uh starfire who is a alien who's crash landed on earth and doesn't have memory of who she is what goes on so she's slowly figuring out who she is you also have uh Beast Boy, who's like been experimented on, and then you have a couple of ancillary characters, which get a little more flushed out this season. Where you have Hawk and Dove, who were on the previous team of Titans before uh, things went south, and then you also have uh, Wonder Girl, who's involved with too. So in this season, they really de- delve really pretty deep in like the older people. So Hawk and Dove um, are re- so they, they figure out like they were once a unit. And something went south where Aqua, Aqualad was there and Aqualad dies. He was killed by um, uh, Deathstroke. And there's a reason. And then something happened after that for them trying to get back to Deathstroke. Deathstroke's involved with the show. Um, and then uh, basically Dick held a secret from a lot of people for a long time. And it kind of like causes problems. So and they also go a lot of depth into like what happened between dick grayson and bruce wayne bruce wayne shows up he's played by um what's the name the the guy who played uh in game of thrones okay it was khaleesi's like the guy who started getting the stone all over his body oh okay uh is that uh is that like is that ian glenn or something like that is that his name i think so you're talking about jorah mormon is the name of the character yeah yeah yeah, i want to say it's ian glenn i think that's right he plays batman and his Batman is more of a rendition of like an older, uh, he's, you know, his, his late forties, he's gone through the ringer. And then they introduce a lot of, uh, uh, Tim Drake in this as well, or not Tim Drake, uh, the one before that, oh boy, the one that gets killed. Uh, he, they introduce him and show he's got new Robins and like, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens with that. And then, Starfire finds out that she's royalty and that she she left the her planet to try and escape the responsibilities of it and her sister's trying to kill her and her family. And then you find out that 
the big crux of the whole season is that uh, 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 Deathstroke has a son and Dick kind of tricked his son into becoming part of the Titans and that ended up getting Deathstroke's son, son killed. And so Deathstroke kind of like did everything he could to destroy the Titans type of thing. And so he hates, that's kind of like their big thing between the two of them. So that's kind of the overview of this season. The season was okay. Um, There's a lot less fight scenes. There's a lot more emotional conversations. Like one of my biggest problems that I have with like those CW shows is that they'll have action sequence and say, hey, can we talk real quick? And they'll have a conversation and they'll go to the side. Another action sequence, hey, can we talk real quick? And then go to the side. Like that's kind of the formula of those or shows. Or like right? they're they're getting ready to do something really important and you have to concentrate and stuff. Like it's going to happen any second, but let's have the conversation then. You know what I mean? And so yeah, yeah. It's just the most inopportune times. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate the intention, right? Because they're trying to develop character in addition to just having like fight sequences all the time. But like, yeah, it's pretty ham-hocked and like it could be smoothed out a little One bit. One of the bigger problems of the show is like a lot of this stuff can just be solved if the people just talk. And have a conversation. Well, that's just a, a lot, human there's condition, a lot of Justin. Of that. You know, a lot of yeah, our sure. problems as humans yeah. could work if we just if you're just we just willing to talk, just communicate, we're just, we're just willing to listen to what the other person has to say, right? You know? And so I can see it as like a what they're doing, but it sure does take a little. Eventually, there is a moment where they sit down and say, "Okay, this is what happened. This is what goes on." But it took like seven episodes to do so, and it's just like we could have really like, "Where's the chase?" And how do I cut to it? You know what I mean? So it's just like it's a good show, and I like it for nerdy reasons because i got really solid costumes and it is very costumey like hawk and dove are legitimate costume and at the end of the season you see the nightwing costume which looks pretty solid because he eventually drops the robin mantle becomes nightwing um and i like that they also introduced superboy which is an interesting character he's basically a clone of both uh superman and lex luther and they also introduce um his dog uh crypto and you think super dog kind of dumb in a show wasn't bad in this show it murders a lot of people it's pretty cool uh but i enjoy the show for what it is i'm not going in there very seriously i think i'm going to cancel my dcu membership for a little while because it is like 15 bucks a month and i think i can do one of those things where if i just want to rent it out for a month i can just pound through all of that and uh like doom squad if i really want to and there's like a there's a harley quinn show on there now too that's i think made by the same people that did venture brothers yeah i've so seen the i've seen the previews of that one it seems yeah it's trying to be edgy and it's uh and it's what's it called like the trailers and stuff for it. it's trying to like have edgy humor and things and say yeah it's like a venture brothers so. level mm-hmm. type of stuff where it's like it's the same type of actor like i think uh commissioner gordon's like a, a a grizzled old man that can't take it anymore type of thing and it's just like a funny little thing that they kind of do anyways um it's a good season i think i'm going to Finish it up because I have like two more episodes to watch. Finish it up, and then when I'm done finishing it, I'm gonna kind of like take a break on DCU for a little while because there's just not enough content at all to justify the 15 bucks a month. So that's the main reason why I don't want to do it. Meanwhile, you are Disney Plus, and you can watch uh, as many Christmas uh, Mickey movies as you want, you know, and that's plenty of content. That's all you need. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing lately. How about you? Uh, I just read a, I just finished reading a comic about a week week ago that I wanted to throw out really quickly. Uh, it's a comic with called, like pictures and stuff. Yeah, with pictures and stuff. Uh, I you you know me, I like going kind of the indie, non superhero, non associated with like big time comic stuff. So 
I don't know. Uh, I don't know if like indie is the right word, but I definitely always like the image comic stuff. Like they were more kind of creator controlled, creator owned. Uh, but this time around, uh, I'm reading a Comixology original. So if you don't know what Comixology is, it's like the it's associated uh, to somewhat like if uh, it's a place you can go online and get access to a lot of like electronic like you know EPUB reading stuff. Uh, and that's usually what I do. I don't collect physically comics. I have a couple graphic novels here and there, but for the most part, I get a lot of my stuff online. So, but Comixology has some of its originals now. Uh, and this is the first one of the, the originals that I've, I've read. They have a few others as well, like Afterlift, and I think there's like a Dracula one, Dracula, Son of the Dragon, or some such. Uh, but the one I read is called Tremor Dose, uh, and it is written by Michael Conrad, and it's got art by Noah Bailey. It's categorized a bit like horror, even though I didn't really find it too horror-y, but I can see that like imagistically some of the, you know, some of the content that we're looking at is kind of strange. Now, the basic premise of the comic is that it follows a woman by the name a young college student by the name of of Jin uh, and she is going to some sort of like I can't remember it's it's like Milford Institute of Technology or something like that it's it's a college that it might be a real college but I don't think so um, and she's having dreams and there's a constant face or a person that she's she's constantly seeing in her dreams that's just sort of there uh, like in a background not necessarily like haunting her or uh, driving her crazy, but just sort of this uh, this somewhat unsettling or curious presence that's constantly in these dreams. And then at a certain point, she sees these flyers around town and around the college campus asking, have you dreamed this man? And there is a picture of the very man that she is dreaming about right there on like a kiosk uh, on campus. Uh, so in in finding that out, she gets curious and she submits to this interview with these uh, like I guess they have, I guess they're psychologists or some kind or psychiatrists maybe. And they have been studying dreams. So there's this like kind of dream study and they're interviewing her. And that's a lot of what's happening. And she's a troubled person in a sense that she, her, like her family, uh, you, we learn like she, she had some trauma in her past and whatnot. And some of the dreams are about exploring that. Uh, but ultimately this is like kind of this quirky little, mystery type a uh, mystery definitely is 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 the better category like i didn't really consider it horror even though like some of the imagery like i said is can be kind of gross but like no one's it's not really about like slaughter and murder and all that kind of stuff so or maybe i just have weird definitions of what horror should be now it's a, a standalone product it's like 136 pages you can get it right now on comiXology uh if you have an unlimited subscription if not it's like seven bucks to get the whole thing uh, the art itself by uh, by Noah Bailey is really interesting because it's primarily black and white, uh, and it has like kind of that pencil uh, kind of pencil shading look to it. Uh, in the latter half of the book, I would say probably the last third, maybe Act Three or the second half of the book, something like that, you start seeing color start to show up, uh, not in like an abundance, but it starts showing up here and there for specific reasons uh, that I won't disclose here. But like there is a purpose to it, so I really like how uh, Bailey is playing with the idea of color. It's using that like the image, the imagery itself and the color itself the, to create or reinforce certain themes and certain concepts, which is really, really fun. Uh, the, like the whole, like the whole, when I, when I read this, like there was a couple influences that immediately like popped out to me. Inception obviously is one cause it's all about dreams. And as the story progresses, we start to wonder just, you know, who is dreaming what, who's in control of what dream, what's actually going on as things get, a little bit confusing and confounding. Uh, you start to realize that there's more than just a 
you know, a simple college student having dreams here, there's more to it. Uh, and there's like this weird kind of conspiracy thing going on and there's other people who may or may not be involved. And then you're kind of wondering, well, what part of what I just read over the last 40 pages was real and what part of it was dreams. And that's awesome. And so I, cause I think that invites a second and a third read and whenever any kind of story, whether it's comics or just a traditional text novel, like is inviting that second read through or, or a movie inviting a second watch and allowing you to uncover kind of these new little things that you didn't see before. I think that's really rewarding. So that's definitely something I think that's happening in Tremor Dose. Uh, there's also was a television show and I didn't they didn't reference this in like their epilogue as being a, as as being an influence. But there was this television show for the past couple of years. I think that two seasons it was on USA Network. It was called Falling Water, and it was all about people dreaming into other people's dreams. Uh, and I and I definitely saw elements of that in here. Um, I definitely see kind of like a like a David Lynch sort of feel vibe to this. Um, I think somebody mentioned like Mulholland Drive at one point because Mulholland Drive has these weird moments of dream sequences and stuff, and you're trying to wonder exactly what's happening at the end of that movie. Uh, so I can see a lot of those things. Now it's it's one of those comics where if I talk too much about the plot, then I kind of like spoil everything, right? But I'll say this, like she's not the only character. And over the course of investigating and communicating with these interviewers, she realizes that there's, again, there's something else going on. There are all ulterior motives. And then she meets other people that she thinks might be allies that might be similar to her having these like kind of weird dreamy, like almost like lucid dreaming qualities, the ability to kind of recognize and control that you have dreams and trying to uncover exactly what it is. Uh, I tend to look for when I'm reading comics, comics that have mature storylines. I tend to look for comics that I think are exploring uh, complex characters that aren't um, that aren't just like the same rep- repeated type of like heroic characters that we've seen in, in a lot of the comics that uh, that Justin reads. Uh, so I, I look for things that to me um, are character driven in a way. And so I think that Jin ends up being a really good central character to this. And I, she becomes somebody you can root for. And I think just, just her depiction visually is also one that I think invites a lot of people are just going to kind of get, get on board with her pretty quickly. Cause she just seems like the type of person she's sympathetic. Uh, she seems like a decent person, but she doesn't seem like an overly goody two shoes. Uh, she doesn't seem, uh, like she's, you know, she's this, this paragon of virtue, um, she seems like a real person um, with real problems and sort of and it's really fun to kind of follow her as she's like exploring like these dream landscapes. Now, speaking of those dream landscapes is it just gets really fun at a certain point, like the art gets really playful, uh, the art gets really dark uh, and then it mixes those two things. It just gets weird. Uh, at one point, you start getting into the dreams of a kid. And those are really fun because like there's this juxtaposition of almost like Disney like, you know, cartoonography. That's not even a word. And in like a horror that's sort of overlapping together. Um, so overall, like I really enjoyed Tremor Dose. It's uh, it's super easy to access. A lot of people have Comixology's accounts. Uh, if you have like the unlimited one where you can kind of just read any of their unlimited supply, check them out and borrow them for, you know, over the course of a month. Like you can definitely read this in a in a day or two. I think I read it like in a weekend, um, you know, first half one week, you know, one day, second half the other. Uh, but if you like stories that are that they 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 kind of touch a little bit on the horror on the psychological on the on on the what it means to sort of lose one's mind or have control of one's mind or what might happen if other people could control your mind uh if you like stories that are about like surrealism if you like stories that are about dream sequences stuff like that i feel like tremor dose is a really good uh really good comic and uh it's definitely something worth uh worth supporting because the more 
I think the more successful that these comicsology originals are, the more likely we're going to see more. So uh, again, Tremor Dose by uh, Michael Conrad by Noah Bailey. It's up on Comixology, six ninety nine. If you don't have the Comixology Unlimited, and if you have it, then you can just borrow it uh, for freezies. Uh, and that's all I got going. Uh, I thought you were going to do a comic this week too. I thought we were going to be comic buddies. Uh, I didn't do one, so I did a comic book TV show. Okay, so that's, that's fair. the next best one. That's fair. All right, but you know what we did do together is we did uh, we have watched a, a specific television show on HBO uh, called His Dark Materials, and so we're going to go ahead and uh, and chat about that in our weekly breakdown. So His Dark Materials is a television show up on HBO. It's airing, uh, at least in the U.S., every Mondays. It's based upon the uh, the books uh, of the same uh, same general name by Philip Pullman. Uh, it's written for HBO by Jack Thorne, and it stars Daphne Keene uh, as, as Lila. It's got Ruth Wilson, uh, who plays uh, uh, Mrs. Coulter. Uh, it's got, uh, what's his name, the dude from X-Men. Why am I blanking on what's his name? James McAvoy. Uh, so there's there's a there's a decent crew, but but to me the biggest the biggest get was it got Hamish's dad from Braveheart, uh, who who was in this, which is really really nice. Yeah, he's great. He's great. <laughs> so he's great. like the basic premise of the of the show is just like the basic premise of the movie. Which by the way, before you get to the premise, has that man aged in the past thirty? I don't years? think so. I don't know if he has. I don't think he's so. The same I think age he. For 30 years. Yeah. Oh, it's also got Lin Manuel Miranda too. If you're a if if you're an Alexander fan. Uh, Alexander, excuse me, Hamilton, Alexander. I went by the first name. <laughs> Where, never mind. Uh, so the premise of the movie uh, of the show is that uh, is that liar. Okay, so we're in a world in which, uh, first of all, it's like multiple worlds theory type stuff going on, which you p- figure out pretty quickly. But the world that that we are basically in is very similar to our own, uh, but it's a little bit. Uh, a little bit steampunky in the sense that there's like flying zeppelins and stuff like that. There's also uh, it's like elements of uh, uh, of that kind of clockwork nature because like she's Lyra has this like little trinket that she carries around that that definitely has the kind of gears and and, and stuff like that that you would expect to see in something steampunky. And uh, but more importantly, the most notable thing is that people have what are called demons, uh, and demons are these animals uh, that are accompanying the humans wherever they, they go. And over the course of a child's early the early parts of the years usually around puberty like the uh, before puberty the the demon is like sort of constantly shifting trying to settle on its specific shape and then come you know once adolescence is complete and once they're in their teens or something like that the demon usually settles on a shape and then they're that shape for the rest of of their lives now these demons talk uh, and they become bonded uh, immensely with whoever it is that they are attached to and if anything were to befall the demon uh, the human would have horrible effects, almost become like a, uh, like a, a detached, uh, a detached human who's incapable of kind of contra- concentrating and feeling and whatnot. And, and if anything happens to the human, well, the demon just sort of puffs into dust. Now, James McAvoy is, uh, is a recurring character. He's not in every single episode. He's in like the first two or so, and he shows up a little bit here and there, but he is a scholar, uh, a heretical scholar who has been investigating uh, a concept called dust, uh, which is all it's really referred to as what exactly is dust? What does it mean? Why is it relevant? Why is it so important? And why uh, does the magisterium, which is basically like the government, uh, why are they so afraid of the research that James McAvoy's character is doing? Now, despite that being the political overarching concept uh, that we're following in the show, we're really following Lyra as Lyra is this orphaned girl 
uh, at a university uh, who has was taken in years back uh, by uh, after her uncle James McAvoy uh, asked for what's called a, a scholastic sanctuary, and so she's been growing up there until like twelve or thirteen or so, uh, and then circumstances get her to leave because uh, there is something happening to young children. Young children seem to be going missing, uh, and that mystery drives pretty much the first half of the show, like the first five or six episodes of the show. What's happening to these young children? Uh, there are some local boys that she's that she knows who get kidnapped, and she, through her associations with certain people, eventually leaves the university in an effort to kind of investigate and figure out what happened to these kids. Uh, and so that's basically all I'll touch on for now, because um, I, I think that's pretty much everything like all the trailers and stuff that you can read without too much heavy spoiling can cover. Uh, but Justin, what did you think? So what have you thought so far of his dark materials? I think we're what, episode six or seven. We're through. I just finished the, that one last night. The most recent one. It, has, it hasn't finished. Yeah, I, yet. I, I haven't watched the most recent one. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I've Fight to the Death that. was number seven. Uh, and so that's what we're through so far. Um, overall, I think it's a beautiful show. Uh, and it's like it's a BBC show, right? It's just that HBO kind of. Yeah, like over in America. the U.S., yeah, in the U.S., we're we're there, but it's actually produced by Bad Wolf and New Line Productions for BBC One and HBO. So, I think, and that's probably the same production that does a lot of uh, Doctor Who stuff because Bad Wolf is Doctor Who references, right? And, and like HBO, this. I think HBO is doing a lot of the other distribution as well. So, but uh, it's a beautiful show. I think the acting's great. It took me about four episodes and about four real time weeks to realize that Lyra is the same girl from Logan. I'm an idiot. So I'm basically a dumb person. I mean, uh, she's got the same name, so it's it's there in the credits. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I was dumb. I sent my wife a text in the middle of the night. Oh my god, Lyra is 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 a uh, uh, X thirteen from uh, from uh, uh, Logan. My wife's like, oh yeah. And I felt so stupid. Anyways, I think she does a great job. Um, I think that all the acting is pretty solid. I I'd never watched the movie. I never read the books. I know nothing about well, the, books. the movie you're referring to is the golden compass, which I, I want to say came out in like the aughts, right? Somewhere in there. And that had, yeah, it was like 2007 or eight or something. Like that. Right. So that did not cover the entirety of the, the, of Pullman's books. It only covered part of it. Um, it was also a movie that was, that did not go over well. Um, one of the things is that the books themselves, the story is kind of complex. Like everything's, pretty complex there's a lot of like politics that are going on within it yeah it's yeah like, it's, it's, immediately there's yeah. a ton of politics immediately and like one of the things like this show is doing it's very unapologetic about that and it, it and it sort of just it says you're either in or out and you're patient and you're going to get answers to these these concepts and you're going to get context over the course of time or if you're not patient then get out because we're not going to like spoon feed you that exposition along the way because they most certainly do not like there is very little exposition feeding throughout the course of this show and you just got to understand through context they leave clues. a few breadcrumbs pretty much oh no for exactly. sure like All they right. give you context clues to understand certain concepts but in terms of a lot of it they're just like hey we're in this world and you just need to accept the fact that you don't know everything and over the course of time maybe you will and then once you start learning and understanding certain things, then, you know, then maybe you can find your way a little bit better. But I do think that people who probably read the books, uh, and I did, but it was, it's been a long time, uh, probably are, are a little, are navigating the story a little bit better than those who aren't. Like, 
I do I, like I know that my wife hasn't read the books and I and I have and like I and I remember little bits and pieces but like I I know that like there's things that I I have to like contextualize but like okay this this means this or this means that and that kind of stuff along the way but as a whole like I don't have a lot of knowledge of the stuff I don't have a connection to it so like I'm not disappointed by it. this is all new to me and as it being a new idea and a new uh like uh concept i enjoyed a lot i think it's an interesting world i think that the stories that they're creating is pretty cool between the egyptians and the missing children and the magisterium and the gobbers and stuff i think that's all pretty i'm hooked i want to know what's going on um i'm interested in how there's this i guess the the main thing is how that there's this kind of like shift between realities and worlds and stuff like that and how that all relates and the rules between those things and it makes me interested in trying to learn how this stuff works but i don't have any prior knowledge to any of this so to me it's it's fun to kind of discover the rules and how things go on um and also the mystery behind what's what's happening between the children and the two different types of i guess realities that are that are part of the the main story um, a few things I think are great. I think that the special effects are fantastic. I think that uh, the the polar bear is amazing, uh, and the voice acting for all the creatures and all stuff are, is fantastic as well. Um, but yeah, because I, like, I, I not only are there's like not only are there demons, but there's like a whole species of talking polar bears. Yeah, which aren't demons. Now they're the yeah. only things that I have questions about. So here's the things I have questions about. So. And I know they never really kind of pan out in books, but here's me as a person who doesn't know anything about the whole situation. Like, so when they fish, are those fish demons or are those just normal fish? And do people get demons that are fish? And say you have a cow, is mm-hmm. that cow a demon or is it a normal cow? No. Like that type of stuff's kind of weird. No, animals are animals, demons are demons. Okay, so like, right, so that's, that's, that's there's, that's like, as a person yeah. who knows nothing about it, I'm just like, this is. Kind right. of murky water. Animals are animals. Never... Demons are demons. Polar bears are an interesting exception. I, I don't know. I just feel yeah, like I like just feel like Pullman really liked polar bears, and he just really yeah, he's make, like which he's is like cool. I, I think they're also awesome. the literary wobbly, pretty much. So <laughs> his obsession with polar bears. Well, um, I, I feel like, like part of Wobbly's our friend Wobbly's obsession with polar bears is actually derived from this because I think he's actually read this stuff. So yeah, but it's a really interesting concept and. I think the problem with the movie was it was also during the time Harry Potter. So they're trying to think, oh, young novel, young child, or I guess young adult YA novels with uh, fantastical worlds and, and things. They tried to, I guess, kind of like cash in on that during that time because Harry Potter movies were very big, even though I know that this book was made before the Harry Potter books and stuff. But I think it was just like too much to try and taken it once in one movie but like with the time with the way they've been pacing out the stuff like oh there's there's a religious a zealot government okay got it that's kind of first episode people have demons all right okay these demons can take shape until a certain age okay we're good wasn't until episode five or six there's polar bears that are like humans that can like craft armor i'm like okay it's weird but you know you space it out enough we're good you know so it's like i think it's interesting that you know, I think in a movie, it's kind of difficult to take all that in at once. All these weird, fantastical things. Also, right. this is a different world. People are made of dust. Blah blah blah. blah. Well, so, like, uh, a lot of stuff. To the, the biggest flaw, I mean, to me, the biggest flaw of the movie is that it tried, like, it distilled everything, like, in a way that was ultimately unfulfilling. So, 
it tried to cram into a you know, two-hour movie a lot of many, many things. We've seen we've seen epic fantasy trilogy stuff on you know in film, but the only time it really has ever like worked successfully is when it's been a series of films, right? You've mentioned Harry Potter, obviously, but then prior to that, Lord of the Rings, uh, and then there, there have been others that have been semi-successful as well. But like Golden Compass, it was just like it's too to me. It's too complex. Like the story to me, I very think, lots of turns and twists and thingies and stuff that's weird and different. Right. So and it's and that's your time. And Harry Potter and like I think the Harry Potter stuff is more episodic in some way. Like yeah, there's the overarching elements to the you know to Voldemort and whatnot, but each individual book itself is is fairly self-contained. Whereas I think the Golden Compass, you know, and, and the other books in His Dark Materials. I do think they could they it builds on each other and is a little bit a little bit harder. But I am curious because I do think that this medium is working better. And like we're also seeing that Game of Thrones, which was these massive epic books, was until the the last season, HBO and you know, interpreted and did that a really good service. And then we're also seeing now Amazon has that Lord of the Rings uh, series coming out. And despite the fact that Peter Jackson did such a wonderful job with Lord of the Rings and movies, those movies were still themselves three and a half hours long a piece. And I'm pretty sure the return of the King hasn't ended yet. So like those movies yeah, are so long, right? In production and, and showing at the same. Time. So I just yeah. think like with the golden compass, there wasn't enough canvas for them to actually like finish like the painting and they, they had Especially to. with, like you said, the complexities of like the political nature of stuff. Like I, I didn't know anything about the book, right? And it but looked from good. when I saw the first episode, mm-hmm. I, I went and talked to one of my English teachers across the hall, and I said, "Is it this?" And she's like, "How'd you get that?" I'm like, "Well, I just watched the first episode. I kind of inferred this, right?" But it's an interesting idea, which I think would be nearly impossible to to get out in two and a half hours when you also have to explain barriers that craft armor, demon people. Uh, multiple worlds and all that stuff, or and uh, zeppelins, you know, to try and right. put all that into one thing seems like an, almost an impossible feat to do in a short amount of time. Now, in his dark materials, like I, I think they're doing like the show. I think is 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 much better. Like I'm far more happy, but I do have some quibbles about the show, and mostly it's its pacing. Um, I felt that the show was absolutely fantastic. Episodes one to five, I felt when it was following the Egyptian stuff and it was following the the kids being. Uh, being kidnapped and all that kind of stuff and what's going on with them. And essentially the big plot line that everyone's probably familiar with, if you've seen the golden compass, right? That whole like, Oh, we're in the Arctic. There's, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But like now it's kind of shifting into doing the other stuff that the golden compass didn't really cover as in any, as much depth. And it just, it's felt in episodes six and seven to me, it floundered a bit. I, I haven't, in, I haven't enjoyed episodes six and seven as much as I enjoyed episodes one to five. And that's largely because like, there are we're we're expecting certain characters love each other. Certain characters are, you know, are 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 bound to one another in some way and they become attached to one another. But like certain characters in the show don't show up until epi- until episodes five, six or seven. And then we have to immediately assume that connection with Lyra after only like, you know, one hour. Whereas like these other characters that we've seen them four or five, five episodes long. So there are times like when Lee Scoresby shows up when, you know, like he he becomes very attached to Lyra and I just, I thought it happened really quickly. And then the bear, it happens really quickly. And like, so I, I wish there was a little bit, I wish the pacing was a little different. Like it's not, I don't want to say it's bad, but I do feel like it's a little misaligned at times. And I, I would have preferred us to see certain characters have more screen time together so that those relationships could be more firmly established rather than assumed, which is what I think frequently happens 
The other thing, and this is just my issue with, I would say there, there, there's a type of fantasy that I, I get frustrated with. And that's like destiny, chosen one, fate, all that kind of stuff. Right. And so, but that's not, a, that's not a problem with the, the show. That's just like the story itself. Like I get very frustrated with when the, 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 that chosen one concept, right? Like, like the Jon Snow, he's, you know, the, the, he's, you know, what's it called? Azar Ashai, Reborn, all that kind of stuff. So like those types of things I get a little, I get a little get, I get bogged down in and I much prefer when they're just people who are making choices because at a certain point when everything becomes destined and fate, like people are no longer making choices. When people stop making choices, then I feel like, well, why do we care at this point? Because they're actually not being forced to make a choice. They're just doing whatever destiny and fate tells them to. So some of that language to me is showing up a lot throughout the course of the TV show as it relates to Lyra. And I understand obviously why, but I don't know. It just always kind of bugs me. I wish that more of this was sort of framed around like people making choices. And there's also a lot of conversations that people have throughout the course of the series that are going to be utterly frustrating, especially to people who don't know what's about to happen, because there are times in which it's just like, well, they could very easily just tell her this. There's no reason not to, but they just choose not to right now for shits and giggles. And that always kind of frustrates me. Like you were mentioning with like the teen Titan or not teen Titans. We're just mentioning Titans. Like the idea of so many things could be solved. People just talk to one another. Yep. I hear you. You know, like that. So I do feel like there are a couple moments throughout the course of the first seven episodes where that kind of steps up, but these are quibbles like, uh, when, and, and what ultimately to me, I found to be a fantastic show, but I still like to criticize, like, even when I love, love, love something, and I still like to find the positive even when I hate, hate, hate something. So that's those are my small quibbles. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, me personally, I've it, it sucks because this show is on the exact same time as Watchmen, and I adore Watchmen. What do you mean on the same think, time? They're on different days. Like it's yeah, but like it's the same. It was released at the same time season. You know, like a lot of these shows, they kind of like especially with HBO, they'll have like different seasons of shows that they do. And mm-hmm. I, I find myself comparing it to this and like a Mandalorian and, but they're all good. Like I think it's very good Mandalorian, like Mandalorian's great. Don't get me wrong, but like, I think no, 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 no Mandalorian's no. Yeah. not very challenging. Like this is challenging. So yeah, but I, I, I think, but they're all very good. Mm-hmm. So no, for, for me, sure. I, I, I inadvertently almost compare the three and I don't want to do that because I think that this was on its own. Like if it was in a season of shows that I did, I didn't watch. Hmm. I would just be all into it 100%. You know, but I find myself like, got to watch Watchmen before I watch this, or got to watch The Mandalorian before I watch it. Even though Mandalorian is more of like a snack food compared to this as a dinner, you know? But like, yeah. that's kind of the hard thing for me. But like, they're just all keeping, very good. Just keeping your attention and focus. I get you. Like, I think that's especially true, like, when we, like, in the old way of, of watching television, like, before we have streaming services. I do think streaming services has lessened some of that because we can, we can kind of consume this when we want. Like, you mentioned Watchmen and. I also enjoy Watchmen and I love Damon Lindelof, um, but because I love Lost, I love Leftovers, I love, you know, basically everything he's done recently. And I'm, I found myself watching dark his dark materials more than I, uh, Watchmen. Like Watchmen I fell behind on. And so and, and the only reason I fell behind on that is because I was watching other things at the time. But I fell behind on, on the Watchmen because it was on Sunday and then like, well, Monday, my Mondays are free or something like that because I can usually maybe get like an hour of television in a night at most. And so... Like his mark dark materials, I wasn't competing with anything. So I get what you're saying, but I do think like the only the only that only matters if if we're worried about being part of like the pop culture conversation. Yeah, like the you know water I mean? cooler stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But despite that, I think it's a great show. I enjoyed it a lot. I think all the acting's great. 
you know, sometimes in these movies or TV shows or movies, you get some kid actors, they drive you nuts. Mm-hmm. But I think that she does a great job. She's just as good acting, talking as she was super quiet in Logan. So I think she does a great job right. as a, as a main character. And uh, I enjoy all the ancillary characters and all the extra people. I think they'll do a good job. So, I specifically want to single out Ruth Wilson as, uh, as Mrs. Coulter. I think she is absolutely fabulous uh, because she's menacing and calm and freaky and she scares the crap out of me. Um, she plays the same role that Nicole Kidman played back in golden compass, but I've found Ruth Wilson to be fantastic. Ruth Wilson. I remember the first time I ever saw her was in the, was in Luther, uh, where she played, I think it was, was her name? Alice. Yeah, she I think was, it was Alice. She name? was like his, like, uh, his axis basically where like, she was like, yeah, she was like a serial killer or something like that. Yes. Is that what it was? It's, yeah, she was and like he, I think it was like the first, it. like his like the first episode serial killer. Yeah, where killed, she killed her parents or something like that. I can't remember. And then she she recurred. Here she became, yeah, but she kept them recurring here, mm-hmm. which I thought was great. Yeah. Uh, I know she was on the affair on Showtime, but I never actually watched that. Um, but I loved her in Luther, and I think she is. I, I think she she steals every scene. Like every scene to me. Yeah, she is absolutely dominating. Uh, and so Ruth Wilson should get an award or something for, for whatever she's doing on the show. Cause uh, she's, she's fabulous. And she's got this, like this anger and this frustration that's just below the surface. And there are a few times throughout the course of these first seven episodes where it bubbles up, especially in the most recent one. I, I won't spoil it for you, but in episode seven, like it's just awesome. Like when it, when it actually transpires. Um, there's a whole other storyline that we didn't really talk about too much. That's, but we did mention it. The, one of the, the main fantastical premises of the show is the idea of, of multiple worlds, right? Parallel universes and things like that. This is not stuff for spoiling. This is just the general notion of the trilogy. And this is also, it's in the opening, opening. sequence. Exactly. Though. So like, it's like, it's there, like, right? Yeah. If you like, watch the title, the, sequence, the title yeah. sequence, yeah, it's it. Like, yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's a, there's like a kid who's there who becomes important, but for like, we're following his storyline basically in that world. And we're trying to understand why. And it's, it's just very interesting parallels going on that again, if you're patient, I think it pays off. But if you're not a patient watcher, like I I definitely, I'm, I'm, we've been watching it week to week, but I feel like if I hadn't already read the books, I probably wouldn't have wanted to watch this week to week. I would have probably wanted to wait because there's so much that's unknown, you know? So, Anyway, uh, I think it's great. Justin think it's great. Definitely go take a look at it. Uh, seven episodes now through HBO, uh, HBO Now, HBO Go, whatever it is uh, that you have. Uh, and there's a couple more to go uh, throughout the course of the this this. Uh, I guess I guess season is that what we're calling it? Call it a season. Uh, but yeah, uh, they call them. I know the BBC they call them series. Like every mm-hmm. yeah, every season is a series. So series one, I guess. Right. Okay. Uh, and so on that note, we are done uh, for this episode. If you like uh, what you're hearing, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can catch us mostly uh, on Twitter and online. I'm at Lollygagger Co. Uh, on Twitter. Justin's at uh, at buys Justin. Justin's up on Mixer, Mixer.com slash Jehufa, right? That's what it is, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, and uh, you can also just catch all, you know, all of our stuff, both of our podcasts up online at thelollygaggers.com. Uh, uh, Justin and I have a special plan for uh, for next week's episode. Not only are we going to be talking about Star Wars, obviously, uh, but uh, we're going to be uh, doing a little special uh, Christmas challenge. Uh, but we'll cover that 
uh, at the beginning of the next episode. Uh, so, Justin, simple question for you. Uh, we just watched a show where uh, where people had uh, demons uh, that were animal shapes and that I knew was this revealing was about their I personality. So, obviously, my question to you is what would your demon be? And, then, yeah, an, an explanation of why. Jeffrey, I already have my demon. His name's Brutus. Uh, he's, an, he's an overweight basset hound that likes to sleep all day. Um, I've mentioned to my wife this multiple times that he is the pure personification of my soul, mm-hmm. and he is truly my demon. So, easy answer to that question, because I knew you were going to ask it, and I've already talked about it. I'm so proud of you. Time. Not only is it a good answer, but I feel like you you understand a little bit about what's going on in uh, his dark yeah, material. Yeah, all right. yeah, yeah, yeah. 